0: Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, a job fair for seniors. 50 North and Ohio Means Jobs are connecting experienced workers with local companies who want to hire them for full-time, part-time, or seasonal positions. Also this morning, the annual Medicare enrollment period opens next month. For those with the opportunity to make changes to their existing coverage, as well as individuals who may be signing up for the first time, there are many factors to start thinking about right now. And in our community and business spotlight this morning, it's a busy week for the United Way of Hancock County with the fall Days of Caring event and another round of the 419 SINGS competition, all under the backdrop of this year's community fundraising campaign. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Tuesday, September 21st, 2021. If you are looking for a reason to celebrate, today is the International Day of Peace uh, also, it is Miniature Golf Day, National Farm Safety Day for Kids. Very important, National Pecan Cookie Day. So if the kids are safe on the farm today, if they behave safely on the farm, give them a pecan cookie and take a miniature golfing. Pause the world day. What's that old saying? Stop the world. I want to get off. Today is the day. World Alzheimer's Day and World Gratitude Day today. So, reasons to celebrate. It's Tuesday morning. So, this is a story out of San Francisco. Mayor London Breed is defending herself after a video was taken of her dancing maskless at a crowded indoor club on Friday night in violation of her own administration's mask mandate that requires patrons of these types of establishments to be masked unless they are actively eating or drinking. Uh, The mayor said in her defense, quote, my drink was sitting at the table. I got up and started dancing because I was feeling the spirit and I wasn't thinking about a mask, unquote. Yeah. (laughs) Isn't that what just about everybody else has been saying all along in this thing? Uh, She also added, and this was the quote from the mayor, we don't need the fun police to come in and micromanage and tell us what we should or shouldn't be doing. (laughs) Again, isn't this what the critics have been saying all along? And uh, and yet the mayor's edict requires um, and this is the San Francisco Chronicle reports that the mayor was maskless through the entire night. And even though she noted that she had been vaccinated and that proof of vaccination was required to get into the club, the Chronicle uh, noted that the health department mandate from the city says masks are required indoors regardless of vaccination status. So the bottom line is that the mayor was caught red-handed uh, violating her own administration's mask mandate this is exactly why so many people are fed up with it's the same thing that uh basically led to it was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back and the uh, gavin newsom uh, recall in california which ultimately failed but the fact that it was on the ballot at all in a state as blue as california i think speaks volumes and uh, this is the reason why you get all of this. If you can't obey your own orders, then maybe you shouldn't be issuing them. So just saying. Here's another uh, example. Uh, see, now this is this is kind of the other extreme. This is the uh, this is a story about the other extreme of the day. And I understand why people, so many people, are frustrated by all of these orders. And so, but there are some ways of protesting that kind of go. Beyond the pale, a school employee in Newburgh, Oregon, has been suspended after she showed up to campus in blackface last week. The local newspaper there reporting that the employee at Mabel Rush Elementary School intended to evoke the memory of civil rights icon Rosa Parks in protest of the COVID-19 vaccine mandate for public school employees. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> um, a bit of a stretch to tie those two together, in my opinion. but <laughs> even if even if you uh, even if we give you the uh, correlation between the two, uh showing up in Blackface, <laughs> not the way to get your point across. The uh, district said the employee was removed from the location and put on administrative leave immediately the district said in a statement the administration of the Newburgh Public Schools condemns all expressions of racism it's important to remember how blackface has been used to misrepresent black communities and do harm we acknowledge the violence this represents and the trauma it evokes regardless of intention there are some there are things some things that are just that're just wrong they're just a bad idea I, again regardless of intention That's not the way to get your point across. And I would uh, submit that that actually probably damaged the point that the employee was trying to make. It actually backfired in such a major way as to diminish the point that you were trying to make. So don't do that. So anyway, some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your uh, Tuesday morning started here. Apparently, singing and driving is dangerous. Something to keep in mind as you head off for work this morning. Brunel University researchers put participants in driving simulators and found that listening to music that was loud or had lyrics that people wanted to sing along to led to higher levels of emotional arousal. Uh, and this is compared to listening to soft Instrumental music. (laughs) What they're saying is we should listen to elevator music in the car. Uh, Past studies have found that loud music can elevate levels of aggression and encourage overconfidence, particularly among younger drivers. Researcher and psychologist Costas Karagorgis. I know I messed that name up. Anyway, this uh, researcher and psychologist says the most important thing to consider when listening to music while driving is to ensure that you are not mentally overloaded. One of the easiest things to do, uh, control is our choice of auditory stimulation. Uh, through minimizing distractions, motorists are much better able to focus on the road and therefore stand a better chance of identifying potential hazards in time to avoid them. What I hear them saying uh in this is don't listen to music radio you listen to uh talk radio you listen to this program and you'll be much better off isn't that what they're saying that's basically what they're saying right listen to this program and you'll be much better off <laughs> a little self promotion there I, never a bad thing um how would you like to own an original copy a first edition copy Of the U.S. Constitution, believe it or not, an extremely rare first edition copy of the Constitution is heading to auction. Just one of 11 surviving copies, Sotheby's Auction House in New York is expecting a bid of up to $20 million for the rare document. In a press release, Sotheby's described the document as rarer than the first printing of the Declaration of Independence. The uh, first edited, or the first edition, Constitution is up for sale for the from the very first printing of the document's final text produced for delegates of the 1787 Constitutional Convention and Continental Congress. The history interesting, rarer than the first printing of the Declaration of Independence, which I guess, if you think about it, probably makes sense. uh they would have printed. Hundreds, if not thousands of copies of the Declaration of Independence, because knowing that it was such an important document, the Constitution, on the other hand, first printing probably just went out to the delegates who were there. And other than that, uh, not that it wasn't known that this would be important, but uh, I immediate I mean, the immediacy and the the immediate historic nature of the Declaration of Independence uh, had to have been known at the time. Uh, Maybe even more so than from the Constitutional Convention. But anyway, the historic document will go up for auction in November. Prior to the sale, it says here the first edition Constitution will be exhibited at locations all across the U.S., starting at Sotheby's in New York, uh, before moving on to Chicago and Dallas. That's really cool. But just the idea that they're going to put that up for up for auction and not put it in a museum or a gallery somewhere. I'm going to sell it. But then again, that is uniquely American. What would you expect? What else would you you expect in America? And finally, uh, this morning, to start your day, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories right out of the gate, because we always have to have something to be concerned about, if not fearful of. According to the Natural Resources Defense Council, the NRDC, among the most egregious climate offenders, the toilet paper industry. That's right. Using toilet paper is going to be the downfall of all mankind. (laughs) In its latest report on tissue products, the NRDC evaluated the sustainability of 44 different toilet paper brands, giving each product a score from A to F. Uh, there was one brand that was ranked the highest. It is 100% recycled. Um, oh no, I'm sorry. This is the 100% recycled is the uh, name of the uh, brand. Oh yeah. I thought it was just 100% recycled. I thought that was a description. That's actually the name. Okay. 100% recycled green forest and the brand who gives a crap. There's actually a brand, but who gives a crap? Uh, those were ranked the highest. AngelSoft and Charmin brought up the rear, so to speak, <laughs> with with critically low scores. According to the Natural Resources Defense Council, quote, the companies with the largest market shares have the power to make a significant difference for our future of our world's forests. Instead, they largely adhere to decades-old tissue formulas that have taken a devastating toll on forests. So, for what it's worth, apparently toilet paper is going to be the downfall of mankind. What started with the apple in the garden will end with an empty toilet paper roll in the Just something to think about there, apparently. Turned in the Natural Resources Defense Council because we always have to have something to be worried about Uh, the uh, end of all mankind. There you go. uh, Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get
1: your Tuesday morning started. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. The WTOL 11 first alert forecast showers today with a high of 78. Heavy rain expected tonight with a low of 57. Forecasters say we can expect a lot of rain the next few days. The National Weather Service says heavy rainfall is likely from late tonight through the day tomorrow. Forecasters say the heavy rainfall could cause localized flooding and people are reminded to never try to drive through high water. Get the latest forecasts on our website. Main Street Deli has taken over the space next door to them in downtown Findlay and is making it into a bar and arcade. Main Street Deli bar and arcade will include a full bar and 30 to 40 classic arcade games along with some retro decor. General Manager Andrew Crom says they built a walkthrough so people can easily get from the deli to the new bar and arcade. Bring their drinks into the deli, sit down and eat, come back to the bar, eat while they're playing games. It's going to be Basically, we're doubling the deli in size and tripling the fun. <laughs> he says they wanted to bring something fun to downtown Findlay and thinks people will really enjoy it. They plan on opening in about three weeks or so. Get more on our website. The grandson of Cleveland's mayor was shot and killed on a city street. Cleveland Mayor Frank Jackson was at the scene where his 24-year-old grandson Frank Q. Jackson was shot and killed around 9 o'clock
0: Sunday night. Witnesses in the east side Kinsman neighborhood say the younger Jackson was dropped off near East 70th Street when someone ran up and shot him multiple times. So far, Cleveland police not confirming any details or naming suspects. Michael Kelly, ONN News.
1: Mayor Jackson's grandson had several run-ins with the law. Questions about his activities were often a Sore spot between City Hall and reporters in Cleveland. 50 North is partnering with Ohio Means Jobs to hold a senior job fair. The senior job fair will be held at 50 North at 339 East Melrose Avenue in Findlay on Wednesday from 2 to 5. More than 30 businesses will be in attendance. There will be full-time, part-time, and seasonal opportunities. Also, career counselors will be on site to help with resumes and applications. Get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. I'm Matt Demchak for 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM.
0: Our cover story this morning, a job fair especially for seniors coming up. Uh, This week, uh, tomorrow, in fact, 50 North and Ohio Means Jobs connecting experienced workers with local companies who want to hire them for uh, all types of positions, whether it be full-time, part-time, seasonal. Joining us this morning, Beth Wilkins from 50 North and Brianna Ibarra from uh, Ohio Means Jobs. And thank you both for uh, dropping by. We uh, certainly appreciate it. Uh, Beth, you were mentioned this. uh, What a great idea. Uh, You know, the idea of of, uh, launching a job fair, especially uh, for the. Uh, more experienced, more seasoned workers.
2: That's the word, experienced. Yes. 50 and older. I wanted to do this for a few years. We started getting calls around 2018, mm-hmm. and seniors asking, do you know anybody hiring? The problem is they don't want to walk into a place, they're intimidated right. if they've retired, um, if they haven't worked for a while. They don't have a resume, and you don't want to walk into a place and you don't know what you're expecting. Mm-hmm. And so we thought, well, that would be interesting if we could do something like this. Yeah. Then we started getting employers calling saying, do you have people? Can I post something? We need people.
0: Yeah. And especially right now, because yes. there's such a labor shortage. And uh, Brianna, you know, the fact of the matter is that, uh, you know, job fairs are nothing new. We have job fairs, you know, from time to time around the area. And folks of all ages are welcome to any of them. But again, with that intimidation factor and plus for companies, I think many times they would expect younger people. So it's not really what they are expecting to see.
3: Exactly. And um, at the job fair, we are planning on having career counselors available to assist with resumes and mock interviewing. So for anyone that needs a little more like a confidence boost, we are here to support you.
0: So uh, it kind of the the same types of things that you do at any regular job fair, but again, geared Mm -hmm. towards seniors. And as you mentioned, uh, Beth, people, uh, employers right now especially, are in great need. And uh, so I would imagine just a great response when you go out and say, hey, here's what we're thinking about.
2: Uh, Yes, you can say that. And I think there are over now 30 businesses and people are still calling. Uh, Yesterday, this morning, I had some calls. They want to be involved in it for a lot of seniors. And, you know, 60 is the new 40. 70 is the new 50. And people think nobody's going to want me. Mm -hmm. They do want someone with experience. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, they don't need benefits, which is great for employers.
0: right. Right. Um, so how do uh, employers then, and I'll throw this out to, uh, to both of you because you've both been uh, you know working with the employers on this, uh, how do they approach a job fair uh, geared specifically for seniors maybe differently than they would uh, one of the other job fairs or something else, you know, a standard, I guess, quote unquote, standard type of job fair? Is there a difference? I mean, do they, do they approach it a little bit differently? Knowing that the applicants are going to be a little bit uh, older? The people that I have talked to, no. Yeah.
2: <laughs> they just want to talk to people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And several of them said, you know, have chairs there so that we can help them fill out applications, too. Mm-hmm. They get it. Not everybody yeah. knows how to do that. And things have changed. Yeah. And the other thing is, a lot of people, they don't know how to use the computer to find a job.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is such a uh, a big thing uh, these days. Uh, you know the uh, online job seeking
3: yes and our career counselors can help them fill out an application online at the job fair as well if that's what they need <laughs> so uh
0: so again with the uh, job uh, the application uh, help and also as you mentioned uh Brianna, the uh, mock interviews uh mm-hmm. which again if you haven't done it for a while that can be very intimidating
3: exactly yeah so i would almost suggest coming to our booth first you know, just for a warm up before you go to that employer that you are really seeking employment from, mm-hmm. um, just kind of to warm up them. And Yep.
0: Yeah. we're looking at uh, some of the uh, companies, businesses and such that are going to be there. And it really runs the gamut. I mean, there's, uh, you know, factory jobs, retail and everything in between. Schools, hospitals, yeah. healthcare
2: It's it's all over the place. Everybody needs people mm-hmm. and they're more than willing to come and talk to anyone.
0: So again the the reason we emphasize this is that you don't want people to get some sort of um uh, image in their mind uh, that you're only looking for a specific type of job. I don't want to do factory work or I don't want to, you know, do retail. There's uh there's a little bit of uh, everything and as we said, uh whatever employment level you're looking for. Sure, when you look at this list, I mean there's
2: you pick out anything on here would mm-hmm. be a great opportunity for yeah. anyone. And then, you know what, I wanted you, Brianna, Brianna, pretty quickly to talk about, you also have clothing closets. You have all types of things for people who have not oh, interviewed yeah. in a long time, yeah. and they're intimidated by that.
3: Mm-hmm. Yes, so we have a clothing closet available for men and women. Um, we have a variety of shoes, um, blazers, anything that they might need. Um, we have, like I said, career counselors to help with resumes, cover letters, mock interviews. Um, laptops available for anyone that might need assistance applying online Mm -hmm. Um, and we also have a bunch of different programs that might be able to assist with transportation education and training goals and also I mean even if there's not a program at Ohio means jobs for you we do like to do a warm handoff to another community agency just to um encompass everything that they might need.
0: So in other words if you can't help directly chances are good you know who can get whatever help uh yes, that yes, the somebody. needs. So, so yeah uh, uh that's a an important point removing whatever barriers mm-hmm. someone might have uh to employment and and this may be uh, somebody who needs to find a job financially or just wants to find a job because you know retirement is I'm getting tired of just sitting around doing nothing.
2: Happens all the time. (laughs) Can't wait to retire. (laughs) Six months or a year later, they want to do some kind of part-time work somewhere.
0: Yeah, so uh, the Senior Job Fair, this is actually happening tomorrow, right? Give us all of the details on this.
2: Tomorrow from 2 to 5, show up, come in through the front door at 50 North. People will guide you into the Marathon Cafe in our stage area. We'll have tables labeled, and we will have a great big table that says, Ohio means jobs." Stop here. We will also have everything labeled for people if they can find it, because they're going to get a list when they come in, so mm-hmm. they can take a look at who's here, yeah. and maybe they only want to look at five or six places. It makes it easier, less time-consuming.
0: And for those who might be interested, what do they need to bring along with them to the job fair? Anything? No, I always say bring paper and pencil. Yeah.
2: <laughs> bring something to take notes, because you think you're going to remember, but it's overwhelming.
0: Yeah. So, uh just come as you are other than uh, other than that and again you've got the you can uh you can help when it comes to whatever barriers uh, that that people need think oh I don't have this that or the other thing to to get a job so
3: Yes, that's yeah.
2: correct. This mm-hmm. is for fifty and older. We had some people that called, and we were like, you know what? No, this isn't open to the this entire public.
0: Specifically, yeah. for specifically fifty and older. For those age fifty and up, you're you're uh, in that
2: category. Because Chris. The, I am in yes, that category. Yes, you are.
0: <laughs> uh, thank you for reminding me. I appreciate welcome. that. No, uh, but again, this is geared, and there are lots of job fairs out there. This one geared specifically for uh, those fifty plus, uh, and you know. Uh, addressing those particular questions and needs and so on.
2: And I want to remind people that Brianna will have cards. There'll be information to take from Ohio means jobs with you. It's not going to just be one thing. You talk to somebody and then you're gone. You'll be able to get a hold of them later.
0: Okay, good stuff. Uh, We've got a link up on our webpage for more information about the uh, job fair for seniors coming up tomorrow at 50 North. Uh, Again, 2 to 5, right? 2 to 5. 2 to 5. And uh, so go to goodmornings.net to get uh, more information on that. Ladies, thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Well, it is that time of year once again. The Medicare annual open enrollment period is uh, almost here. And with more than 10,000 Americans turning 65 each day, we want to make sure that we get clear, easy to understand information on Medicare, uh, which is uh, very important for uh, all of those uh, who may be impacted by this. Joining us this morning is Rick Dunlop. Health Plan CEO at United Healthcare, Medicare, and Retirement, uh, Rick. First of all, let's start with the basics. When is the annual enrollment period, and explain why this is so important? Not just for first-time enrollees, but for those who have been on Medicare for years.
4: Uh, Chris, great question. So, um, timing is everything. And so, if you're approaching sixty-five, you can enroll in Medicare the three months before you turn sixty-five. The month of your birthday and then the three months afterwards, so you have a seven-month window. Um, if you're already enrolled, good news, um, your annual enrollment period is right around the corner starting October 15th okay. and extending through December the 7th.
0: Now, uh, we've talked about this before. Um, it, it is important, even if you are currently on Medicare, to take some time and go through your various options because plans can change or your needs can change. Uh, it's 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 very tempting, I know, for a lot of Medicare recipients to just kind of uh, roll things over and continue with whatever uh, enrollment they have had in the past, but it's very important to... Uh, think about uh, you know what your needs are moving into the, the coming year.
4: Chris, you've got this one down. And so what I always recommend is that folks really look at this as an opportunity. Don't look at it as though this can be confusing and hard work. This is an opportunity for you to upgrade your benefits to something that's going to work even better for your lifestyle. So what I recommend is that folks start by making a list of all the physicians that they um, see on a regular basis, those they might be interested in seeing, um, as well as hospitals and other providers they want to make sure that they're going to continue to have access to. And when they're done with that, you know, make a list of the medications that they're currently taking, if possible, some they might anticipate taking in the future if necessary, and then spend some time thinking about does my plan really work for me. Your health care plan really needs to work for you, and it should work for you. And that even includes, and we can't forget about the wallet, because your financial circumstances um, can change year over year, and so as, as, as can your health. So what you want to do is really understand those, and then you start taking a look and seeing what's available in the market. And I have to tell you, Every year, there's lots of changes, and most of them are positive. So there's a lot of things that you don't want to miss out on.
0: Now, I can hear some folks say, you know, we're talking about all of these options with Medicare, that Medicare was just, it is what it is. You sign up for Medicare, and that's the end of it. Uh, Obviously, these days, there are a lot of different options uh, between original Medicare and Medicare Advantage. uh, For example, that's probably the biggest uh, choice that folks will have to make.
4: It's a, yeah, it's a little bit of alphabet soup. So when you sign up for Medicare initially, you're signed up for original Medicare. That's Parts A and B. And Part A is going to include inpatient services as well as skilled nursing, things of that nature. Um, part B is going to be professional services like your physician care, um, some outpatient hospital, some home health. And so um, when you sign up originally, that's, that's what you sign up for. But it's kind of bare bones. And so many people will sign up for a Medicare supplement that will make up the difference in terms of the costs, But those things can be a little bit expensive, and so what we're seeing in tremendous numbers is individuals gravitating to Part C, which is Medicare Advantage. And Medicare Advantage includes everything in Parts A and B, plus it includes a lot of added benefits like dental, vision, hearing, sometimes transportation, a gym membership at no cost to the consumer. And one of the added benefits to it, it's got very predictable co-pays and a maximum out of pocket in case you have to have a rough year from a, a health perspective. And so so lots of people are gravitating to that plan.
0: And in most cases, uh, it is at no additional premium above and beyond what uh, ordinary or original Medicare would be.
4: That's, that's correct. I'm glad you brought that up because – um, The Medicare Advantage plans, uh, many of them are zero premium plans, and you'll have some co-pays and, and, and a max out-of-pocket, as I, I had shared. Right. Some might have very modest plan, premiums for much richer benefits, and so the key point is that you have choice. You get to pick what you're looking for, and it's going to meet both your health and financial requirements.
0: So you mentioned uh, things like considering you know, what medications you're taking, what doctors uh, you see, what hospitals uh, would be in your area, and making sure that they are a part of whatever plan you might be considering. Are there other things to consider uh, when... Uh, considering uh, all of those options,
4: well, I think it's I think it's good to talk to an agent. You know, talk to you know for consumers, for folks to talk to their friends about the service because service is incredibly important. And because again, we are kind of measured on how well we're serving the folks that we have the privilege of, of uh, serving each year, and so service is an incredibly important component to it. Um, but I also you know do fall back on some of those added benefits because you know there's a tremendous number that are available. Um, and those things are just just not available with original Medicare alone.
0: So again, a lot of this, uh, it- There's a lot of stuff to consider, and and as you were mentioning earlier, uh, people sometimes look at this as, oh, this is going to be a burden, this is going to be complicated, and and yes, it's uh, it's not as cut and dry, maybe, as uh, what it has been in the past, but that is, uh, in large measure, a good thing, and it will take time. So when we talk about the open enrollment period or the enrollment period coming up, you don't want to wait until the last minute to start to look at all of these options. The sooner, the better.
4: That's absolutely true. Because if you do wait until that last minute and you miss the deadline, you're going to have the same plan for another year and miss out on some great op- opportunities. You know, mm-hmm. and if you're looking for more information, um, what you can find is a lot of community meetings um are, are popping up uh, this time of year. Mm-hmm. They're educational in nature because it's not the open and en- you know it's not the annual enrollment period right away. Right. And if you're looking for just some simple online content, it's gettomeknowmedicare dot com for all the educational background on how Medicare works and and options that are available in your, in your area.
0: Yeah, you don't want to uh, miss the deadline uh, f- to uh, change, maybe find a better plan. Uh, worse yet, you don't want to sign up for a plan that isn't right for you. So uh, time to really start thinking about this. Again, uh, Rick Dunlop, Health Plan CEO at United Healthcare, Medicare & Retirement. Rick, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate
4: it. Thank you much. I, I do appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great day. We
3: interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert.
4: Today's update on the
0: odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. This is actually, I mean, we've uh, had a number of stories of uh, mistaken... Uh, identity if you will in the broken news where people think that they see a body and it turns out to be a mannequin or you know something like that uh this is one you could actually understand imagine uh you're in the park and you find an abandoned package and it is beeping <laughs> that's not good that would be your first thought i mean, that can't be good uh back uh A couple of weeks ago, someone reported a beeping package that had been left in McCormick Park in Portage, Pennsylvania. The park had to be evacuated. The Pennsylvania State Police Hazardous Device and Explosives section, the bomb squad, was called in. Officers found the box contained a smoke detector. The incident remains under investigation. Police are asking anyone with information to contact them. It is unknown whether somebody planted this to scare people deliberately or just ended up there by mistake. But (laughs) some very anxious moments that turn out to be uh, just a a smoke detector. But you can understand the panic, certainly uh, in that situation. Uh, Let's see here. Talk about stories of people behaving badly. A 25-year-old Pennsylvania man is facing charges after allegedly opening fire at a baby shower. I kid you not. Uh, Three individuals were injured, not life-threatening, so everybody's going to be okay. But it happened Saturday at the uh, Kinlock Volunteer Fire Department in Lower Burrell, Pennsylvania. Police say Isaiah Hampton got upset. After he had been asked to transport the gifts from the location, from the baby shower. And the uh, three victims tried to subdue him when he got violent with a, uh, a woman at the scene. He has been charged with aggravated assault and reckless endangerment. My guess is uh, he will probably not be uh, asked any more. Baby showers. I don't know if this is the baby daddy or or not, but that would be, I would think, a a warning sign. (laughs) If so, man, what is the world coming to? Uh, Another uh, item: people behaving badly. A Louisiana man by the name of uh, Daniel Jenkins is in custody for allegedly threatening to shoot the mayor of New Orleans. Uh, Mr. Jenkins apparently called a number in New York City and said he would shoot Mayor LaToya Cantrell if his uncollected trash was not picked up. Well, I can certainly understand it's very frustrating when you can't get your trash collected, but threatening to shoot the mayor may be a little over the top. Deputies responded to Mr. Jenkins home in New Orleans where he reportedly told him he was upset about being charged for city services that were not being conducted. Residents uh, all over the city, as a matter of fact, have been complaining the trash wasn't being picked up in a timely fashion following Hurricane Ida. Uh, Mr. Jenkins has been charged with a count of making a terroristic threat. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. You know, some of these things you would think you wouldn't have to be told. Don't make a threatening call. Uh, about shooting the mayor of, of your town. It's not a good idea. Not a good idea. That is not going to sit well with law enforcement. Elsewhere in the broken news, while most people opt for a little shut eye when they're tired, one Indiana man chose another route. Calling 911 Daniel Schrader. Age 61 reportedly called 911 repeatedly just to tell the dispatcher he was tired. (laughs) This wasn't the first time that Mr. Schrader called 911 without it being an actual emergency. He was previously sentenced to six months behind bars for misusing the service to complain that a relative was not following his rules. (laughs) The judge suspended the sentence under the agreement that he would not misuse The emergency services phone line in the future, however, just a day later, is when he called to complain of his exhaustion, and that has now earned him 60 days behind bars. (laughs) Where, presumably, he can get all the rest he needs. So, I guess, problem solved. On both sides. And finally, in the broken news this morning, again, people behaving badly, (laughs) a... A woman going on a joyride in what is believed to be a stolen golf cart found himself, found herself eating pavement. Uh this is in Washington state, the incident unfolded Sunday morning where a woman decided to hop on highway 60 uh 167 the wrong way. Uh no less, police say the woman was in distress and uh, forced troopers to use a pit maneuver which stands for Pursuit Intervention Technique, in which a pursuing cruiser intentionally causes the vehicle in front of it that is chasing to lose control. (laughs) In this case, in order to stop this rogue golf cart, they had to basically uh, run it off the road. The golf cart careened onto its side and the woman fell out She was eventually taken to the hospital to treat her injuries and to undergo an involuntary evaluation. (laughs) The owner of the golf cart is still being sought. They don't know exactly where she got the golf cart, so there is that. There you go. Uh, That is (laughs) weird stuff. I tell you what, uh, cops have a tough job responding to uh, all manner of weird things. Uh, Today's broken news... This update in the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you is a public service, more or less.
4: Online at WFIN.com and on your smartphone, tablet, and Alexa devices.
0: And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. It's a question that every child gets at one time or another. What do you want to be when you grow up? But how many of those kids actually go on to do what they want to do and go out to have the job that they say they want when they were little kid new survey of 2000 americans uh by one poll was commissioned by the genius of play finds that uh, that number might be surprisingly high it was to me anyway 43 percent of those in the survey say they are working in their childhood dream job 19 percent on top of that have previously held their dream job even though they're not doing it now uh the top thing that respondents wanted to be when they grew up according to the survey a doctor or a nurse fully one-third of those in the survey said when they were a kid they wanted to be a doctor or a nurse uh lawyer was number two 24 percent uh actor 23 percent um artist Twenty two percent and twenty one percent said they wanted to be a teacher, which I when I read those top respondent responses, I thought that is a surprisingly um, reasonable set of answers to the question. What do you want to be when you grow up? Because, you know, we think at least when I was a kid, people say, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a baseball player. I want to be an astronaut. I want to be, you know. Uh, thinking, I want to be president. <laughs> I want to rule the world, you know, whatever. I want to be Superman. I want to be Spider-Man or whatever. You know, but those are surprisingly reasonable uh, responses. So I suppose if the number one jobs, according to the people in the survey, were things like doctor, nurse, teacher, lawyer, it's probably not surprising that 43% say that they are, in fact, working in their childhood dream job
3: now the good mornings community and business spotlight
0: heather heilman of the united way is with us once again this morning boy this is a big week for uh, you folks at the united way you've got the uh, uh the fall days of caring going on this week also uh the next round of the uh, 419 sings competition coming up so lots to talk about
5: Yes, actually, you're right, Chris. We are very busy this week. It's our campaign season, so we're <laughs> we're heading out into the community in multiple ways, um, just to kind of raise awareness about what United Way does and um, the partners that we do it with. So, um, as you mentioned, Days of Caring is happening this week. Our uh, volunteer coordinator, Sarah Miley, has uh, worked with several corporations around the community and different nonprofit agencies uh, to connect, um, uh, you know, those corporations with volunteer opportunities and, and kind of help uh, give them a hand up. So you'll see groups going around out there, um, uh, busy as bees getting things done. And then, uh, as you mentioned as well, we are in the process of our 419 Things event, which is a music, uh, you know, vocal competition that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, we introduced our 16 finalists last week, and now this week we'll be narrowing down to eight.
0: So when is that event happening?
5: So um, what we're doing is uh, for every cycle that happens each Wednesday at noon, okay. uh, like I said, last week we had 16, we're down to eight this week, next week will be four, two, and then one, so that'll wrap up on October 13th. Um, we had more than, uh, as I mentioned before, we had more than 50 submissions come in for that event. Uh, we had a, a select panel of judges that narrowed it down to the final 16, and we began the competition last week inviting the community to... Um, to go out, take a look at the videos, listen to these acts and place a vote. $1 a vote uh, equals a $1 donation to United Way and the Marathon Center for Performing Arts. They are collaborating with us on this event.
0: So, a terrific event, and now we're getting into the nitty-gritty. So, we look forward gotcha. to uh, uh, narrowing the field down and, and getting closer to a winner there. As you mentioned, obviously, all of this ties into campaign season and uh, yeah. really starting to uh, hit high gear on that.
5: Yes. Yeah. So, right now, my, my job is going out meeting with different companies and businesses in the community to talk about what United Way does. And we are here to measurably improve people's lives. And we do that along with our partners. Uh, we have more than 20 partners that address issues in the areas of health, education, and financial stability. So, um, you know, organizations like Cancer Patient Services, Boy Scouts, Open Arms, um, Children's Mentoring Connection, Hope House. You know, a long list of well-established, great organizations that do great work in our community are relying on us to help them through this camp or through this next year you know we all got a little bummed out with 2020 mm-hmm. so we're hoping this year we um we can at least hit over two million and keep that ball rolling so that we can have a safe and secure community
0: now i it strikes me that you know what can you say about the united way that hasn't already been said but i'm sure during the course of the campaign there are questions uh from potential donors that always come up what are the most common questions that people ask or the things that people don't know about the United Way even after all of these years
5: So it's really funny I still get we still get that very basic one what does United Way do and you know you know our our response back to that is you know primarily we are the largest fundraiser in Hancock County because we work with other nonprofits you know the way I like to explain it is most nonprofits are um, you know, at capacity and they're overworked and, and undersourced. So, you know, having that extra party that goes out on their behalf at this time of year so that not you don't get 20 or different organizations knocking on your door yeah. to solicit our support, you know, that's our job. That's our partnership with them. And then we turn around and we grant that back out. So a lot of people have a misconception about what we do. Um, you know, that is our primary thing, but we also... We also work with the community in terms of assessment, understanding what needs uh, we need to address as a community, as leadership in the community, so we work alongside community leadership. And then we also um, we also take that assessment to community members as well. So it's important that assessment piece is important, and then being able to work
0: towards a solution that will help create large change in the long run. And being able to leverage those relationships you have with area agencies Uh, When you talk Mm -hmm. about that need assessment, being able to bring those entities to the table to work collaboratively to uh, address those needs.
5: Absolutely. It's it's really relationships are built on trust, and that's the only way you can go forward in the community. So, United Way, again, hasn't established in a long time. Some of our relationships go back as probably as far as 1955 when we became the United Fund Incorporated. So, those relationships have lasted through decades of, of. climate change, if you will, in the community. And um, and that is the strength. That strength is those relationships that help us make a difference. You know, I always go back to, you know, the community conversations. And when you sit down and interview people in those conversations, the first thing they talk about is they want a safe community. Well, safe community is people that are housed, people that have transportation, people that have jobs, people that are, um, you know, healthy and educated. And you know free of addiction that's a healthy community that's a community you want to live in and and that's the goal with united way is is making that measurable difference in people's lives so we can have that safe and
0: secure community great examples of the work that uh, you do the united way of hancock county campaign well underway busy week with the days of caring Uh, the next round of 419 sings and where do folks learn more about all of it all of it you just head
5: to our website go to uwhancock.org You'll see um, some information about volunteering there. You'll see the 419 Things tab where you can go in and, and listen to the music uh, that has been um, submitted to us. And, um, and you can donate. You can do it all on our website.
0: Heather Heilman, the Hancock County United Way with us this morning. Heather, thanks very much. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate it.
3: The Community and Business Spotlight is a promotional advertisement paid for by the featured sponsor.
0: And with that, we finish up our podcast for today. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage. And that, of course, is goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow, more conversation on Ohio's legislative redistricting. State Senator Rob McCauley will join us. Plus, the Findlay-Hancock County Public Library's Human Library Program is taking shape with the first books now available to check out. So until tomorrow morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, going out and make it a good day. Catch you back here tomorrow.